Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Patrick Pleasure and this is my small little podcast, The Music Time Machine, for all you new listeners tuning in. Thanks for listening. How are you? Um, just for the, the, the Swiss people listening, Sally, hoi. I will continue the, the intro in Swiss German in a few minutes, but I, I, I'd like to introduce my my guest in English because he's an English talking man and I guess he has a lot of fa international fans who will listen to this podcast. Hi everybody. So my guest today is DJ and producer Gil Glaze. He's from Zurich originally. He's uh, our Swiss, a Swiss DJ one of few who plays internationally like New York or Las Vegas and all over the place. He talks about that in my talk with him later. Um, and I'm looking very forward for you to hearing that. Great! Sally miteinander. And for all you English uh, uh, speaking people, you can move forward to the talk. I will just say hi to my to my Swiss people right now. So, Sally, hi miteinander. Haben das Rechte? Das ist äh, Episode 68, gell? Wir haben es schon vorher schnell gehört. Heute ist mein Gast der Gil Glaze. Ja, Spaß gemacht mit ihm anhöckeln. Ein bisschen pläudern. Der macht noch äh, grosse, grosse Sachen, so wie es tönt. Und ist sehr unterwegs. Ist geil. Haben wir nochmal einen Schweizer, der überall ein bisschen am Spielen ist, gell? Ja, du, und sonst, äh, ich habe das Rechte, gell? Happy Friday, gell? Wenn ihr heute noch unterwegs sind, irgendwo, ich spiele heute in der Kanzlei oder morgen im Gonzo. Bin ich auch wieder mal äh, im Club am Spielen, seit äh, ja, mehr als drei Monaten, gell? Und da freue ich mich richtig drauf. Gestern war ich im Studio, bis am Morgen um 4 Uhr. Wir haben fast etwa eine 16-17 Stunden Session gemacht, gestern, Jasi und ich. Weil eben über diese über die drei Monate habe ich viel am Album geschafft und zwar international und remote und so. Und das heisst, ich habe, es hat sich viel Material angesammelt, das wir mal müssen setzen und bearbeiten und ein labeln und so, wie zum Beispiel ich habe für zwei Songs habe ich Live-Drums gehabt, für andere drei Songs habe ich Live-Horns aufnehmen lassen, von, einem, äh, von London sind die. Jetzt musst du einen Schluck nehmen, dürstig. Und dann sind noch äh, Keys dazu gekommen. Denn in dieser Zeit haben wir noch zwei Sänger aufgenommen. Haben wir, ah, drei sogar. Für drei Songs. Dort haben wir auch noch müssen über, die, über die Vocals drüber gehen. Also auf jeden Fall haben wir gestern neun von 14 Songs haben wir wieder mal auf den, auf den aktuellsten, auf den neuesten Stand gebracht. Und äh, ja, ich freue mich fest darauf, um euch das irgendwann mal endlich zu zeigen zu können. Aber ich bin wirklich auf einem guten Weg, um das Ding wirklich das Jahr fix fertig zu machen und dann nächstes Jahr releasen. Also ich glaube, das ist recht... Äh, ich glaube, das ist möglich. Aber wir sehen es, gell? Jetzt erst noch ein bisschen an meinem Kulturförderungs... 
Dossier schreiben und machen und so. Ich dass ich von irgendwo noch ein bisschen Geld bekomme, gell? Ja, und sonst... Ah ja, weißt du was? Am 3. Am 3. Juli markiert er das mal im Kalender. Weil am 3. Juli fräse ich nochmal zwei Volumes raus von Reworks von mir auf Bandcamp mit dem mit einem Rabattcode und du kannst den, den Rabattcode ist TMTM der Music Time Machine also TMTM ist der Rabattcode und mit dem kommst du dann 30% Rabatt über auf meine Reworks du kannst natürlich äh, auch jetzt schon auf, auf Bandcamp unter Patrick Pleasure suchen und ich habe dort äh, schon ein paar Reworks online wo man kann sich dort posteln kann und das sind so Songs, wo es hat ein paar Songs drum, die man immer brauchen kann. Bei jeder Hochzeit oder Firmenanlass oder so, die Standard-Events. Und dann hat es auch viele Songs drunter, die persönlich mir sehr gefallen. Und ich habe die Rework gemacht, dass ich die auch schön nordlos und so kann, kann spielen in den Sets. Ja, anyway. Hä? Okay, everybody. Hä? Let's go to the conversation mit dem Gil Glaze. Danke und bis zum nächsten Mal. Bye bye. Last show, I think, was February, end of February. Okay. Because I went on holiday first mm -hmm. to Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay. Mm -hmm. And then I came back and I had one show and then nothing. Okay. So I already had a holiday before that, so I was like... Where was the, the last show? The last show was in King's Club in St. Mertz. Ah, I, I, I played there too. I really yeah. Know. yeah, it's cool. Ah, oh, no, the King's Club. Ah, yeah, the King's Club, I played there too. You probably played Viva, I guess? Viva, yeah. Yeah. That's more and open format. I played the, uh, what's, is this the, the Vampire Club? Ah, uh, Dracula. Ah, uh, the Dracula, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's upstairs, it's like very small, exact, the DJ. tiny DJ booth yeah. in the balcony. Yeah, yeah. that one Terrible. Too. Yeah. <laughs> you did a private, private party? No, no, it was just a normal club. Oh, ah, okay. It's like all the clubs in Zurich were closed and the only club was okay. King's Club. When I was there at King's Club... I requested the CDJs 2000 and stuff, yeah, yeah. and nothing was there. Yeah, typical. That's so. <laughs> no, I mean, the King's Club now has a great setup. Oh, okay. But back in the day, I remember also the same issue. I'd be like yeah. doing a private party there, and they also, what, what do you need? We have a little controller. Yeah, yeah. And I, okay. I uh, fortunately, I, I had my controller in my car. Yeah, oh, so okay, I brought, lucky. Yeah. brought this one in. Yeah, you need yeah. that. Yeah. That saved you. Yeah. You can yeah. use the headphones yeah. if you like. Yeah, perfect. Are we doing German or English? What's... <sighs> You're already started. Yeah? Yeah. It's up to you, whatever. Yeah, let's let's see how it goes. Yeah, how exactly. my English holds up. Yeah. So. I know, it's perfect. It works. You just uh, watch that you have the, the microphone yeah. always like. Of course, yeah. Oh, like you my can first podcast. How do you how do you like? Yeah. It's your first podcast? First podcast, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah? But uh, I've been listening to it a lot lately. Okay. So I get like the vibe of it. What do you What do you listen to? Bob Life, it's or something like that. Bob, it's an American. I was just listening to it on the way here. Um, it's an American 
guy who's on Spotify, Bob Lefsitz. Okay. How, he does like a bunch of music about? stuff. Oh, music stuff. So like uh, I was listening to the latest podcast. It was with the Chainsmokers manager. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So he does stuff with them. Like, yeah, a bunch of different people in the music industry, I think. I mean, I'm not sure I haven't listened to the other ones, but interesting oh you gotta send me a, a screenshot of that one yeah for sure gotta listen to that one too i um once in a while i listen to the road podcast yeah from the guys from the, the las vegas djs the road it's uh r o a d redemptions of a dj something oh it's those open format guys yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i've the, heard about those that, four yeah. four guys yeah it's, interesting. it's funny it's, it's funny sometimes yeah. how they i don't um I don't know the scene very well in yeah. Las Vegas, yeah. but I think it's very, it's almost the same like here. Mm. No? It's different. For, for, for the little guys, I mean. Yeah. For the small uh, open format DJs, mm. not the traveling DJs. What yeah, do you it's think? A bit, I find totally different. Really? I find 100% different because the Vegas residents, who I know a lot of them, mm -hmm. they're very supportive of each other. Okay. You know, like if I go and play in Vegas, for example, I'll have like five, six residents behind me, like all like moving around, like supporting the set. And so I think in Switzerland, that's what lacks. Mm -hmm. I think Vegas is like a super supportive the community, DJ community. Mean? Super, okay. super supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you play in Las Vegas? I play Marquee Day Club and Night Club. That's, is this the, in the, the, the gold? The gold one, not not, not no. That I've also played. That's excess. Ah, oh, that's encore excess. exactly. Yeah, I played encore, once yeah. there. I think last May. Okay, yeah. that's crazy. That's right? the craziest club. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the whole Vegas nightlife is crazy. Oh. How do you get to a gig like that? Um, so basically, I'm with Tower Group. Mm -hmm. That's the whole. They have a bunch of clubs in New York, Las Vegas, LA, Chicago, Sydney, Australia, Singapore, all over the world, basically. Mm -hmm. And I've been a resident with them for six, seven years now. Oh, and nice. then they started putting me in Marquee Day Club and Nightclub. Uh -huh. And then Excess I got to through the Chainsmokers. Oh, okay. You they know supported, those guys? Yeah, yeah, they supported okay. me a lot. I did a remix for them, a radio show guest mix. I went on tour with them in Australia, played mm -hmm. with them in Switzerland. Oh, crazy. And then yeah. I just asked them, oh, I've, I want to play at your show in Vegas. They're like, yeah, yeah sure, come open for us. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. come on. Be sick. Nice, huh? Uh, crazy, the whole Vegas thing. How do you long play a set in Vegas? I'm um, always different. Uh, every night is totally different. Excess I played two hours, I think. Mm -hmm. opening two hours and they came on at like 1.30 or two or so okay and then oh. other times it depends like if I'm doing opening closing openings always fixed like one hour I'll do at marquee but closings always open end so there's been times when I've left at eight in the morning or seven in the morning oh really yeah yeah that okay. was the worst time I went there I did 11 to one and I was super jet lagged because mm -hmm. you know from coming from Zurich you're at, at night time it's like yeah. morning here went to sleep woke up again at four in the morning went down thinking I'm playing for like one hour or 30 minutes. So they said, yeah, we got table number five, spending a bunch of money. We have mm -hmm. to stay open till seven, eight. Oh, okay. So I had to, yeah, crazy. So you have to... And I had a flight the next morning at like 10 mm -hmm. in the morning. So I was like, guys, okay. I need to get out of here. I need to go pack and... Yeah. But it's yeah. always the the club managers looking at the tables exactly. who spends more exactly so you have to serve those people yeah. right and that's how the american scene works really it's mm -hmm. all about the hospitality towards yeah. the tables and the guests if they see tables aren't spending anymore it's four or five in the morning mm -hmm. doesn't make sense to stay open then they say okay let's slowly okay fade out kind of thing oh crazy yeah. 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 <laughs> 
after afterwards I'm annoyed at the post production. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's always annoying. Where did where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Zurich. Oh really? Yeah. But I always went to international school. Always had like uh -huh, I spoke English why. at home. That's why my German's terrible. Oh, okay. But I understand everything and I could yeah. speak technically fluent. Technically fluent. I just screw up on the grammar always. Okay. Do sie der die das. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. That's it's uh, always been. Yeah, it's strange when you grew up in in Zurich. Yeah. But you speak English. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. until I was 18, I was only speaking English. Mm -hmm. Then I graduated high school. I left to New York for five years. Came back and then I was like, now I need to, you know, really get into the whole mm -hmm. Swiss Swiss German yeah. scene. Because oh, I was then crazy. I started working a lot here, where I was going to clubs, and there's a point where a lot of the people don't really speak English. Mm -hmm. So, where um, and at home with your parents, you spoke yeah. also English. Always English, yeah, because they're South African. Um, yeah, they're both South African. Oh, that's why. Exact. Ah, uh -huh, so. okay. Yes, it's yeah. So it's never made strange, sense. Right? You just talked a little bit Swiss term with your with well, your then friends. When I moved back here, I had a lot of Swiss friends. Yeah. So that's when I was like, now I have to speak German. Okay. So that's where like I started just speaking Swiss German. Okay. And then now lately, a lot of my international friends moved back, so now yeah. I'm speaking more English again. And what kind of kids were in the international school? Um, I mean, basically everyone. A lot of people whose parents came to work in Switzerland for big companies like IBM, Dow. Mm -hmm. Um, some banks and so on they moved here for like two three years mm -hmm. and then moved back okay so yeah that I guess it's hard for for you when you're a little kid yeah so your friends have to move back and exactly that was friends. always the problem I'm always yeah. like friends are going in and out that's the thing with Switzerland it's not like they're always here yeah that's kind of yeah it's that's why uh, so it's always different like um, I had friends who came here then moved after mm -hmm. one year came here for three years moved away it's kind of sad huh? when you yeah, have to crazy. say goodbye yeah, all yeah. the time yeah, it's a lot of traveling mm-hmm Now it's always like I have to go visit them, you know. Yeah. I'm always like, come back, come visit in Zurich. Like, no, no, now you got to come visit me. Okay. Yeah, but fortunately, yeah. now you have friends all over the world. Exactly. That's a good thing about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. So now whenever I go to a city like Vienna mm -hmm. to London to New York, I've always got friends somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That I, can hang I out only with, have yeah. friends in Tokenburg. Tokenburg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not very yeah, far. No, <laughs> yeah. Not too far. Yeah. Oh, nice. When do you start teaching? I started, uh, oof. or what gave you basically the 11 years ago? I started. Okay. How old are you? No. 26. Ah, 26. Still young. Yeah. So okay. I started real young. Um, I was in high school. I was playing small little events. I mean, I started promoting. That was my main thing. Mm -hmm. um, But in, in Zurich? In Zurich. Yeah. yeah. I was 15, 16 years old. I was going to the clubs. And I, mm -hmm. the good thing is I was making friends with a lot of people in the clubs that I was able to bring friends in. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, oh, you know, uh, Everyone wanted to go clubbing at 16, 17 because yeah. it was like the illegal thing, you know? Yeah. So I'd have a lot of international kids from the schools who wanted to go spend some money on the weekend, go to these clubs where, I mean, think Kaufleuten in 2011, 2012 was mm -hmm. uh, Steve Angelo, Steve Aoki, yeah, Hardwell, true. Laidback Luke, some of the big DJs. Yeah. So I started promoting for an event called Vanity. Do you remember mm -hmm. that one? Yeah. Um, I did Vanity and then I started promoting for Encore. Remember that little... Mm -hmm. Shitty club in Steffield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diagonal, Indochine, uh, Little for Sejaman. I was just doing it like for free. I wasn't making money off okay. it. I'd be like, yo, uh, I'd go to some event promoters, be like, hey, yeah. can I promote for you guys? Can you I get your bottle for free? Yeah, exactly. I sometimes yeah. got drinks for free or a free entry, but I was mainly okay. like, it made me feel like I was a businessman, yeah. even though I wasn't profiting yeah. anything. Um, and then I was always looking at the DJ booth and I was like, I love what the DJ is doing. 
And I was always into music. I was like learning piano. I was learning saxophone at a young age. I went to summer camp in Los Angeles where I learned how to radio broadcast oh, and nice. be doing stuff like this podcast stuff, yeah. DJing on vinyl. Um, I learned Not a lot cool. about that. And then I came back and I was doing a lot of this event promotion. I went to one of the guys who was promoting at the time, Rafael Nogara, if you remember him. Mm, no. He was doing Vanity and he was okay. like running Encore. Uh, I, I just remember the flyer from Vanity. It's always black with yeah, the, exactly with the gold letters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was. I think it was the sickest flyer from all the nightlife scene I've seen. Because he had some guy in Morocco do it. It looked sick. Always, it was like three uh, D graphics. Ah, oh, the the guys from ah, what they did a lot of flyers back I mean, then. No, yeah, they worked with some guys from Morocco and they worked with the guys from Resign. Ah, Resign, yeah, guys. that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Erko and yeah, yeah, they even Erko. did my logo. Oh really? They were the yeah. ones who made my Gil Glaze logo. Yeah, it's Still a cool to one. Day. Yeah, it's um, it's also a good DJ name because it's yeah, short. It's to, exactly, it's, it's short, simple, and you can make the the, yeah. the logo. Yeah, but you don't big. know. You don't yeah. know the first DJ. No. Huh? You didn't know my first DJ name. Oh, what's that? That was the worst one that I shouldn't <laughs> even be mentioning. Sir Gildo. Sir Gildo. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Gildo. Yeah. Think of that. Yeah, you uh, can you can do a Schlager album. Yeah, yeah exactly. That that was, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, I want to be a DJ now. What's what, what's my name going to be? Mm -hmm. And I was looking, I was listening to Sir Colin at the time. So yeah. Super embarrassing. I don't know why I was listening to that. Sir Gildo. I was like, okay, a DJ has to be Sir. Because mm -hmm. Sir Colin is Sir Colin. So yeah. maybe I have to be Sir. Yeah, and then but all my friends were like, oh, Gil... <clears throat> Gil, no, Gildo the Dildo, you know, because <laughs> my name is Gil, so yeah. it's Gildo, and I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, okay. And then I thought, okay, DJing's just a joke, I'm not going to do this seriously, yeah. I'm going to play three to four in the morning, mm -hmm. um, which I was, I was getting the shittiest slots at uh, Encore, Diagonal, mm -hmm. I think Diagonal I was doing while they were even cleaning the club I was DJing. Okay. Uh, same, my first show ever was in St. Moritz at Vivai mm -hmm. Club, before, I was thinking it was like 10.30 to 11 p.m. Okay. So even before the club opened. Oh, okay. And I was super yeah. shaky. Came in my shirt, tucked into my jeans. like. Yeah, but the experience is everything at yeah, that exactly. age, right? Yeah, I was like super happy that I was even able to be behind the DJ booth. Because yeah. I was always looking at these like small local Zurich residents like they were superstars. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that guy, I have to get a photo with him. Yeah. Or I have to go like uh, talk to him, learn how he does this and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I had to come up with a DJ name. Then I said Sir Gildo. It is a joke for a few years, and then things were starting to get more serious. Because yeah. then clubs were saying, okay, I, w I was trying to find a way to get myself booked whenever I want and mm -hmm. have like this whole brand around who I am. So I started my own label at Encore called Breeze. Mm -hmm. And then I started booking more international DJs who were like, oh, we want to book you back to like thank you for mm -hmm. booking us. Uh, more people in the scene were listening, oh, this guy, Gil, can bring a lot of international people to the club. Then I started growing, and I started taking more serious, and then I was like, I have to change his name. Yeah. Can't see like Martin. There was a time when it was a flyer, Martin Garrix, yeah, and Sir Gildo. Okay, and I was like, man, yeah, this is not <laughs> not going to work. Yeah, but uh, I have the same problem with my DJ yeah. name because uh, Patrick Pleasure. Yeah, yeah Patrick yeah. Pleasure. Because at first it was just I'm I'm doing DJing just for pleasure. Yeah, right? exactly. And then I was like, yeah, come, let's do it, Patrick Pleasure, and it got uh, not not so big uh, as your name, obviously, but the people knew me by my name and, yeah. and yeah, now, i've heard it also before okay yeah and, and i think now it's yeah. it's it's too late to change so that's the I'm, thing i'm gonna stick that's what it. happened with sir gildo is <laughs> yeah. i was so i was too late to change it because yeah. i had merchandise i had a website i had facebook pages yeah. i had flyers with people who were huge like martin garrix or laidback luke or um who else uh hardwell like some big big artists who i was opening for mm -hmm. 
And I was like, how am I going to go to a club and be like, look, this is a flyer. I opened for Martin Garrix. I'm like, yeah, but you're not circled though. Yeah. So that's why I was at the situation. Okay, it's either now I change it or never. Yeah. And then I just, within a day. I mean, it was the reason I changed it fully was I got a first booking in New York at a serious club. And they're like, yeah, um, we can book you tonight. You play 11 to 12. Everything works. But is there any chance you can change your name? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Now I have to. Yeah. Now it's like an ultimatum. Like either I, I keep it, I don't play this club, or I change it and mm-hmm. start growing. And ever since that day, it only went up. Yeah, it's a tricky, it, it's a tricky thing, but uh, it's good that you did it. Yeah, exactly. Made, made and it was also decision. a change because Sir Gildo was an open format DJ. Mm-hmm. It was like DJ Sir Gildo. It wasn't okay. Sir Gildo. It was always oh, DJ Sir Gildo. Okay. And then Gil Glaze was like an artist name. Yeah. So it like kind of changed the way people looked mm-hmm. at me then. And how long was that ago? If that was 2013, I think. Oh, 2014. Okay. So yeah, six, seven years yeah, now. Exactly. Huh? And it's now in people's heads. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Now everyone's forgotten yeah, Sir Gilda, yeah. which I'm so thankful for. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, when were you doing a Sir Gilda reunion yeah. set? Yeah. Well, I don't know, one day. But you started with the open format music, Yeah, I right? started open format. I started with, um, a lot of people like don't know this, but I started with turntables. Mm-hmm. But I was doing Tractor and Serato. Okay. I was mixing it up then. Um, started, I basically, I was playing a lot of the big events in Zurich, a lot of the like parties that are now huge. I was like one of the first DJs there because I still feel like a newcomer. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, I still like consider myself a total newcomer. But if I look back at the years, I'm like, I was doing quite a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, open format, I was playing hip hop, but I wasn't the best. I was just doing it because there was this transition in the scene where it's either you were an EDM DJ yeah. and you were dying out because all the EDM DJs were disappearing mm-hmm. or you went to become a techno DJ or you went to open format. Mm-hmm. And I was forced to like make that decision where I said, okay, I'm not a Zeni that's gonna go DJ on Langstrasse. Like I, I would love that. I love the music, yeah. but it's that's not me, and that I wouldn't be accepted in that mm-hmm. scene. And I just stuck with open format. Yeah. But I wasn't scratching. I wasn't being like a crazy open format DJ. I was sticking to like being safe. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like I, I could scr- play I the, the songs. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got a hundred dollar bill. Put your hands yeah. up. Stuff like uh, New York, um, all the the basic stuff. But mm-hmm. I was never going crazy. Yeah. And trying to find my way through that scene. Yeah, full. Yeah, 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 me too. I don't, I don't scratch. I think the people. I like the scratching to the people who can. Exactly, that's yeah. the thing. So yeah. But now you you uh, work with the CDJs. Yeah, then I transitioned to CDJs because then I was playing a lot of open format. In 2013, I mean, it got me good in New York. I was doing some good hip hop shows, and then I was at Tao Downtown in New York, quite a popular hip hop club. Um, doing my thing and one person comes to the booth super mad and says uh, yeah I came to see Gil Glaze tonight and I'm shocked at the music you're playing because the stuff you're releasing is house music oh. and pop music and so mm-hmm. on and here you're playing hip hop you know I paid for a ticket I wanted to come see you and now I'm disappointed mm-hmm. that's when I said oof okay mm-hmm. now now we're in a problem yeah yeah that's always the thing yeah. with with DJs who produce Right. Exactly. That's the thing. Because you're either an artist or you're a DJ. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I have to make this decision. So I gave up all my hip hop gigs. Mm-hmm. Time to time, I'll still play like I play Plaza Nacht Seminar. Yeah. I stick to house, but like the last 30 minutes, I'll pull off like a little hip hop set. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's a, that's the big issue that I'm like struggling with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I think it depends on your productions as exactly. well, because your productions are mostly up tempo right yeah the, the new mixed. ones are yeah more slower now yeah and you have to 
produce with your teacher set in mind i think exact when you uh, you think okay let's let's do a track from 110 yeah let's do one 115 exactly and 120 yeah. and you can fill those five five bpms up with other stuff yeah exactly to play yeah you know? or like remixes of my own music and yeah. stuff like that that i've done because if i play like in vegas for example i'm not going to play a deep house set mm -hmm. so i'll do like remixes of my own music that's okay. more up tempo but i can't go to a hip-hop club and play a house song you know mm -hmm. that's the issue and how many what percentage do you play your own music it's always different but i'd say like in a night i'd play 10 songs of my own oh, okay that's but now in the um, like recent shows i've tried to just do my own music okay which doesn't work because like if i go to a club in zurich obviously i can't play my own music yeah. but if i'm doing like a show that's specialized just for me mm -hmm. which is what i'm trying to get into no. then it's more just my own music mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense and this is like the first year that i have my own music yeah, properly then it's a it, it's a real show exactly not just the dj set yeah no, definitely. You, do you have to please the the crowd yeah that's yeah. the thing because i was thinking like it was when i graduated university in 2016 i said now i need to make a path what do i want to do do i want to be a dj the rest of my life mm -hmm. you know how like how much can you do as a dj um like i was doing good i'm, I'm playing internationally and everything but like to get to the next level mm -hmm. it's like i've always hit like plateaus in my dj career it's like a straight line where it's like i started i went up it was a new dj in the scene you get that first hype within the first like few months all your friends are like wow you're a dj mm -hmm. We got to get a table at the club. We got to support you. After a few months, you had this plateau where it's like, okay, now, you know, we're not mm -hmm. going to keep on promoting his event on Instagram. We're not going to keep on coming out to his shows. And it was just like flat. Then I played in America. Then it was like, okay, now is I became an American DJ, mm -hmm. even though I'm Swiss passport, yeah. Australian passport, zero American. I was playing Trishli St. Gallen and they put yeah. on the flyer Miami, Miami DJ. Oh, okay. Because I had played in Miami. Okay. <laughs> then I was getting more bookings in Switzerland because of that. Then I started going up. Then I started going flat again because it was, okay, now this is over. We're getting bored of it. It's the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I got the whole chain smoker support in 2016, 17, I think. No, 2017, 2018. And there are you playing like club shows or arenas? or? Yeah, there I was playing arenas. Okay. So. But then that's when it went huge up. Yeah. And then after that, again, plateau. Because then it was like, okay, we've seen that. Mm -hmm. And I said, it was just flat for a few years. I said, what else can I do? You know, as a DJ, how do you stay relevant? How do you get more bookings? You know, I can keep on doing my residencies for years, but I don't want to be, I don't know, 40 years old traveling to the same clubs that I'm playing. Like there comes a time when it's like, I wanted to evolve and do something different. Um, and even when I was DJing, it was also just a plateau. It was always just flat. And then I had to produce music. Yeah. And that's when it went up. Then I got a whole new fan base, mm. um, entered a whole new like world industry of like record labels and... Yep managements pr agencies producers songwriters singers it's a whole different world yeah. there that's when it went up again and now i also hit this plateau again i'm like okay now what do i do and that's when i said now i need to become an artist <clears throat> mm -hmm. so i'm trying to incorporate more live elements into my shows um, which we tested for the first time two weeks ago yeah in the basel stadium yeah. it's crazy uh, yeah, crazy it live really, stream really really crazy yeah. it's um, working yeah it works yeah i mean usually to do a production it's more stress huh? It's much more stress. Like I'm lucky that it's somehow stupid me is somehow smart with this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's like a big learning process because it's it's not about being a musician, being a businessman. It's about like being a technician. Yep. Like in that sense, it's being a technician. So most people who do these live streams, like the, not these live streams, live sets, like mm -hmm. the live production stuff like that, 
have a team of like I don't know 10 15 people yeah I didn't even have a team of one person helping mm. me with the whole technical stuff yeah that's crazy do you work with Ableton no I know that that's what I wanted to do that yeah but I was always worried about the laptop crashing and having a laptop in those situations like imagine you're playing a Hallenstadion or something mm. which is my dream to do one day mm. with a laptop it's so risky but you at your gigs yeah. you just play with this with the sticks just with USB sticks oh okay everything USB yeah but Yeah, you you know you have to trust the you have to trust the laptop. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but that's different because a DJ set is always going to be my USB sticks. Mm -hmm. But to have a live performance where I've constructed my own DJ booth mm -hmm. that we saw in the video, I yeah. had three different tables. With that setup, it's it's too complicated with a laptop. Because mm -hmm. first of all, I'm playing drums. I'm playing piano. Got a sample pad, and everything works perfectly. I think with the laptop, it would be just too complicated. But everything is not connected to each other everything everything is, is connected it's, it's, its own thing exactly so you got the dj booth in the front yeah with four channels two channels yeah. are taken up by the cdjs mm -hmm. one channel is the output of the mixer in the back okay in that mixer i have my in-ear monitors hooked up mm -hmm. where i can level them mm -hmm. i have effects hooked up so i can have put on the effects to the guitarist who was playing live mm -hmm. put on some effects the piano I'd had a piano hooked up to that mixer, drums hooked up to that mixer, and a sample pad hooked up to that mixer. And it's a cool sample pad that I had because all the sounds are inside that. So that like normally you would need a laptop hooked up to that. Yep. This is all like you go with a USB stick straight in and it's all mm -hmm. linked up. It's linked up to the to the CDJs too. No, that, CDJs, that, that's that's, no, CDJs just has my USB stick with um, a mix in it. So we had one mix for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. No, one mix for 15 minutes. That is uh -huh. all my songs. You play a mix and you play the, the live stuff on, on top, top of, of that. It. But the mix have is a specialized mix that I made. Mm -hmm. Made like 10 different versions. And one has no piano sounds in it. One has no drum sound in yeah. it. One has no sounds at all in it. Uh -huh. It just has the basic vocals, yeah. uh, kick, but, drums, and yeah. that's it. But I think you can... You could simplify that with working with the Ableton. I yeah, think. definitely. Because you have everything on the on Ableton. Yeah. And on top of that, we just tried it once. Yeah. I must say, I'm not a pro yeah, with that no. stuff. We tried it. We hooked it up. We, we hooked the Ableton up with the Serato DJ, mm -hmm. and it was syncing the the tempos and stuff. So yeah. I can manage the the tempo on the CDJ. Yeah. Go up and down. And the Ableton was doing the, th the same thing. Exactly. That you could do. That's really, really But cool. But the thing is, my piano and drums wouldn't link into the Ableton, you know? Yeah, Momul, Scotcho. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go through USB, but it's easier with the output of that going into the mixer. I mean, for me, no, everything works. Uh, the, yeah. the piano, you have to keep separate, exactly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The drums also. And the drums, yeah, you can hook the drum, yeah. the drum machine onto Ableton. Exactly. And you can program the yeah. drums and The cool thing about that is you can quantize in That's Ableton a good thing, yeah. and you can play whatever you want. You yeah. can take something out. You can yeah. put the, the hi-hat back in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, try, good try it sometime. Yeah. And I mean, I was inspired by the Chainsmokers and Disclosure. How, they, how do they do it? They all do it exactly like this, no okay. laptop. Okay. So that's why I thought like that it must be the way to yeah. do it. Yeah, because you can be more spontaneous. Exactly. With, with your mix, yeah. you're caged. Exactly, that's in. the problem. Yeah. You have, this happens to this second, yeah, this to that. Exactly. And with the Ableton, you are free. You can yeah. produce on, on the fly. Yeah, no, that you makes sense. You can play uh, 
some track on the CDJs yeah. and put something else on, yeah, exactly. on the Ableton drum yeah. machine or, or stuff. Yeah. It's it's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it works a bit the same <clears throat> yeah. like mine but different. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fun. I p I play a lot with the with the guitar player. Yeah, that's, who sings too. That's what we did in the stadium. Yeah, that's really fun. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. and it's nice to have like that band feeling because mm -hmm. as a DJ, it's always just me and the DJ. But mm -hmm. the first time this guitarist came out, I was like, cool. Like yeah. all eyes are on him now. I mm -hmm. can chill for a few. Yeah, minutes. yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. yeah, but but always you have to. Uh, that's the same thing when I play with with, with GK. Yeah, he's playing and singing, but I am. The driving force behind exactly, it. Exactly, that's a cool thing. So I have maybe two minutes of almost free time. Then yeah. I have to figure out the next song in in the next one minute. Exactly, and and put it in. Yeah. But the the, the big attention, yes, it's fortunately on him, yeah. not on me, because I'm not the the put yeah, your hands up guy. Exactly, yeah, same. Yeah. But that's, that's a big thing. In the states, right? You have to entertain in America, the crowd. It's different. So the reason that I got into the American scene as an opening DJ is because I wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember I was like asking the club, "Why are you guys booking me? Like, why this twenty-one-year-old kid from Zurich?" And they were saying because, first of all, you come on time, and the main thing is you're not on the microphone the whole time. You see a lot of the oh, opening DJs really? in America. It's like on the microphone, put your hands up. We got yeah. Stevie Oki coming in ten minutes. Like. Uh -huh. Like totally ruining it in, in mm -hmm. some way. Like it's a good way to hype the crowd. Yeah. But you're also like, I think putting the attention a bit too much on yourself. And I always came in, kept my head down, mm -hmm. DJed, did a nice opening set where it's like, I, I was real technical. Like, mm -hmm. you know, first, uh, third, first one hour, very chilled, 30 minutes hard. And then the last 30 minutes down again for that DJ. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what I learned in Zurich. That's yep. what every opening DJ was teaching me. Like, it's not about you tonight. Yep. It's about the main DJ. Yep. So you do your thing and you leave. And a lot of other people in America, it's like, they don't no, get no, yep. you're the star. You have to show off your music. You have to show off how you are. And yep. and you have to be like an artist. And that I get to a certain degree, but I was also but like- But not in the opening spot. Yeah, and it gave me a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. because I opened so well. I got opportunities like going on tour with Chainsmokers, mm -hmm. uh, meeting Tiesto who said, hey, here's my email, send me some of your music. And he put myself in his radio show. Mm -hmm. So there's two ways. Either you go and ruin the show by being this microphone guy, like, hey, yeah, yeah. my name is DJ, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I came all the way from Zurich, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for put all. your hands up and get ready for Steve yeah. Aoki. It's like, man, come on, yeah. you know? Yeah, the, the US DJs, I just know a few guys in, in California. Yeah. And... I went out a few times in California and every yeah. time the the opening DJ was yeah because they they had to close on two o'clock exactly right? because then they start at ten yeah and on yeah ten, 10 to thirty one, yeah. they they go to the to, to the big bang or something. Yeah, exactly. Even if the yeah. club's empty, yeah. which I find crazy. Sometimes I walked into a club at like ten thirty, it's empty. Yeah. But they're full on going into yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, it's the that's, craziest thing, but I, there's also a way that I understand because I've heard from people like club managers where at one point I was opening for Dada Life at Lavo. You remember Dada Life? Yeah. Bananas everywhere, mm -hmm. crazy show. And I was doing my normal opening set and the manager wasn't happy. He was like, you got to understand the people that are coming to the show are the young college guys mm -hmm. who love the bananas, love the, you know, champagne showers yeah. and all this stuff. You have to hype them in a way. Okay. You know, like 
the, and even Data Life's manager came to my booth and was like, you need to go harder. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, like there's one point when you can mm -hmm. do it. But you also gotta see like when the club is empty, the first few people who come in, they wanna, as they say in America, rage, you know? Okay, <laughs> yep. I always hate, I hated those two words, rage and rave. <sighs> I don't like it either. I hate that. Now in Zurich, it's such a big thing, rave. Gosh, techno rave, bro. Yo. <laughs> yeah, a rave again. Yeah. No, I, I don't like it either. Rave, yeah, it's kind of okay. On the afternoon, rave, yeah, yeah it's also like it is we are in we, we are in our yeah bubble and we that's, 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 but rage is another yeah, thing. Yeah, rage. That's but that's what they were literally doing. Yeah. You see these guys rip off their wife beaters or yeah, whatever yeah. they had on <laughs> in like a fancy club where they're paying, I don't know, forty, fifty francs entrance. Okay. Rip off their shirts and rage. So that's where I was like, Okay, so I started playing this like garbage EDM, yeah. you know, the where it's like Sounds like you're hitting a garbage can like yeah, yeah. over and over. I'm glad that's gone. Oh, I'm so happy. That was the, and I, there was me standing there like, what am I doing? Did But you, it made sense. That's you know, where like you can see a club that's empty. The second people come in, they want that music, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm the guy who's like, no, no. When they come in, they should have a drink. It should be chilled, deep house, melodic music, and then we slowly go up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't get that. Though. Yeah, that's the thing. They that's want the the, the evening. It's a it's the attention journey. I say it's the attention span. Yeah. You know, it's always like if you look at. And not in a mean way, but if you look at American clubs compared to Swiss clubs, in American clubs, you need more eye candy in a way. Mm -hmm. You have to have crazy visuals. You have to have a huge sound system. You have to have a DJ who's, you know, not standing there looking down. He's got to be dancing and jumping yeah. on the DJ booth and doing everything. Because like, I think the attention span there, when they go in the club, they want to look at the DJ booth. Yeah. In Zurich, I think it's more they want to chill, they want to dance, they want to... Yeah meet some girls they want to it's absolutely have a quick shot the at the bar it's, yeah. it is a bit it used to be at yeah. least at Kaufland yeah, but not clubs for, like the, that. for the attention for the show exactly but they don't care about the show it's just about whether the music is beautiful mm -hmm. that's all they care about they don't need the LED screens worth yeah. 100,000 francs you know they don't need the confetti and the CO2 yeah, yeah. and the yeah that's know. true which I appreciate and I also think like like of course as a DJ I'd love playing in a club with a huge sound system and yeah, a huge sure. led screen yeah. with my visuals like that I, i can't be a hater towards that mm -hmm. like i do love it at times but it does teach you about the attention span of people mm -hmm. like when i go to asia for example the clubs there it's like you can spend uh, 24 hours in a club mm -hmm. like your attention span you've, you've got so much to do there oh, crazy. like there's a club in singapore that i play i think i went there one night from 11 to 5 in the morning and time went so quick because for 10 minutes i was in a ferris wheel in the club. Oh, really? Ten minutes I went on. I was in a slide. Oh, shit. I was in another room. I was in the smoking was, lounge, which yeah. has its own little room. I was in a, a, like, in the front of the club. I was at a table. I was upstairs. I was on the balcony. I was, it's like, you're, you've got this visuals, like yeah, the yeah. biggest, I think it's like the biggest LED screen in the world for a club. Oh, cross. And you're just like watching a whole movie on it, basically. Yeah. And then you look at the DJ. He's standing on the table. He's standing there. He's jumping. There's confetti. There's CO2. There's yeah. CO2 from the ceiling. Oh, shit. You know, Switzerland, we have a, an old room, uh -huh. basically, with maybe a little projector. Yeah. A DJ standing there, and it's a good night still. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what, what, what more do you need? But yeah. people need, yeah. I, well, it's attention I span, you yeah. know. Swiss people are so chilled. Mm -hmm. We don't need a LED screen. Like, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. It's nice. But do we like? does that make us think of nightlife differently, you know? Mm -hmm. In American Asia, like, you're all competing. Every club is competing with each other. So they got to go bigger than the other, you know? Mm -hmm. And the attention span there is different where people, when they go clubbing, they expect to see amusement. They expect to see entertainment dancers. They want to see the whole... Yeah, yeah. 
krass. You know, if I'm paying 30 bucks to enter a club, I want to have the full package. But how many, how many DJs has a, a night in, in Vegas with a big headliner? Three, always three. Always three? Three or mainly two. Okay. Most of the clubs have their own resident. Uh -huh. So Marquee, okay. they have Lima and um, another guy, Mike um excess has like two and this guy plays week. seven days a week they play all the time oh cross yeah okay oh okay i they'll thought they had the maybe maybe more yeah no they'll open for the hip-hop guys the edm guys the deep house guys oh then they have a few international residents which come time to time like me um a few other new york guys who come over to vegas mm. it's like the tower group they kind of switch their residents okay the tower is also a restaurant in zurich huh no 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 that's different it's Tao. That's Tao. I think this one's called Tao's. Aha. Uh -huh. I think that's, I, don't, I would believe they had some. But that was connected to Indochine, right? Exactly. Friend. Yeah, that's the same thing. Okay. Aha. Uh -huh. But Tao America is a full other league. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh... And what what clubs in New York did, did they, they own? Oof, they own so much. They own restaurants, res uh, clubs. They own Lavo, Marquee, PhD, Rooftop. Vandal, Beauty in Essex, Magic Room, Fleur Room, Little Sister Lounge. Oh, like and insane. That's, that's, they have some avenue also. They have a, a club every single night that you can go to. Okay, cross. That's what I love about Tower Group. Yeah. My favorite thing is they're all 100% about hospitality. No. You can have a whole, if I went to New York, I could have a whole weekend taken care of mm -hmm. by them, basically. Okay. You've got a breast for breakfast place. They, uh, they cater to a hotel, the yeah. Dream Hotel. They have a lunch restaurant they have a day party at phd rooftop they have a nightclub they and have the, and the concepts for the for the parties or the clubs are almost the same no everything's different okay lavo marquee are electronic mm -hmm. huge headliners from tiesto to david Guetta to small headliners like uh i don't know newcomer djs people like that um wednesdays they have a sick hip-hop party at marquee Avenue, Tao, and PhD is more hip-hop, mm -hmm. open format. Um, everything's, it's always different. Okay. The only thing they don't have is the Deep House Club. Oh, okay. I mean, they have electric room where they <clears throat> go more, I guess, underground. No. And But they have something that caters to everyone, basically. If you love Asian food, you go to Tao. If you love American yeah. food, you go to Vandal or okay. Italian food, Lavo. And with the... What's interest me with the change from from the the gross EDM music to little bit softer house music, yeah. deep house, Robin Schulz and exactly. that zeugs, then to the the down tempo Kygo exactly. stuff. How was that affecting the your DJ set in yeah in America? Well, that helped me. Yeah. That was a big change for me because. When I went to America, I started playing the EDM, mm -hmm. but I wasn't a fan of EDM. Like personally, I hated it. Like I, I liked the progressive house, like Swedish House Mafia, Lesso, mm -hmm. um, Dub Vision, people like that I was really into, but I wasn't big into the whole EDM, bass checkers, Steve Aoki stuff. And when I went to America, I wanted to have my own style. And I said, I want to be melodic deep house, which is what I called it at the time, but now I guess you'd call it future house. Yeah. Robin Schultz, Jonas Blue, um, what was that guy? Yeah, Kaigo, Sam Felt. Yeah, stimmt. This whole scene was growing up in Europe for people who love EDM mm -hmm. 
and love deep house. So it was a blend of a bit of both. You got the melodic vibe from vibe from the EDM. Yeah, some guitars and you got the tempo of deep house, one twenty to one twenty three or so. Mm-hmm. And it was able to go on radio. Yeah. I think all these guys made it on radio. There was um what was that one guy, Robin Schultz and what was the other guy from Germany? Felix Yen. Yeah, okay now. He was he was the one I think who broke it in Switzerland yeah. in a way. Like he had uh was it Ain't Nobody or something like that? Yeah, Ain't Nobody yeah. and Normalize had the car. It was basically him and Robin Schultz and Jonas Cheerleader, Blue. though. Yeah, Cheerleader yeah, was the big know. one with Omi. Um, and that's when I said, okay, that's what I'm going to stick to and that's what I'm going to play in America. Mm-hmm. Because if I, And I, it was working? Yeah, because I, I, in my scene, I couldn't go to America and play EDM and then come back to Switzerland and play Deep House. Mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was getting people, like I was getting hard haters from the nightlife scene in Switzerland. Like, oh, no, I do wish an EDM DJ. That's... Uh, uh, you can't play here. I'm like, I'm not an EDM DJ. Like, but it was true. I was playing this stuff at, in the clubs in America. Videos were going online of me jumping. Yeah. And clubs in Switzerland didn't want to book me. Uh-huh. So I found this middle ground, which I loved. I loved the melodic deep house. That was like my style. I loved what's on the radio. I've always loved pop music from the beginning. Um, and then I started playing that in America for my opening sets, which worked perfectly. Yeah, it's perfect opening music. Then they started booking these headliners. They booked all of those guys. Like mm-hmm. they booked Kaigo at Lavo for, I don't know, like five, 600 people. Mm-hmm. They booked um, everyone from that whole Tropical House, Future House group. And now it's a popular genre in America. Mm-hmm. And in Switzerland, it works. You know, I can I played Zurich Open Air. I played a full set of Melodic Deep House and it worked perfectly. I yeah. used to do an event at Kaufleuten once a month for two years and that's all I was playing. And... After that, it was it's it was going down tempo. Yeah, all the, the the Bieber stuff was there. Yeah, exactly. Major Lazer. Yeah, and did you guys play only remixes? Only remixes of Major sure, Lazer. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Because it's too too soft for the for the big clubs. Huh? Yeah, I mean same with same with Kaigo. When Kaigo started, he had a, some good club tracks, and then he went even more tropical. Yeah. And like I went to see him. Um, I was in Bali. I was playing a show at this club called Mirror, and they had Ultra Bali. Mm-hmm. And I watched his set for like one hour during sunset. It was beautiful, like mm-hmm. nice musically, but I was not one person raving okay. or dancing or even moving. Oh, you know? oh, really? Yeah. It was too soft, huh? That's the thing. So it's like that music style became too soft that you couldn't really play it, that you had to play all the remixes. Yeah. Or or maybe the people were so used to rave and rage that they lost the just the feel for the music exactly, yeah. just to, to to move around a little bit yeah. to the music yeah, yeah because they want to jump and and rage yeah right? definitely and you know, mean, even in zurich you can say that's that also happened recently yep like the techno scene like i found when i start I, i started playing deep house from the beginning basically when mm-hmm. i was doing opening sets at clubs like uh encore kaufland for a lot of these ages i was just playing deep house And now it's gone into this techno, but it's like so low key, super slow. Like I, yep. I, there's sometimes I'm like, oh, what's going on? Like, I think music, got, I always make a joke. I say music got so deep mm-hmm. that like now basically playing no music, you'd be yeah. like, bro, this is so deep. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, where are we going to go even more deeper that this is going to be like a baseline and that's it? Mm-hmm. That's It, the thing. Like, I think know. everyone's trying to be experimental with music, but they're forgetting about the tempo mm-hmm. in a way. What's your favorite tempo? Uh, always different. I love 120. Mm-hmm. Always love 120. I think it's a good vibe. You can always like move. It's a simple bass line. Um, but now I've been producing a lot of stuff in like 80s, 90s. Oh, really? Like, tempo, yeah. Like BPM. 
Because mm. now really I signed slow. to Sony Music, so mm. I was doing a lot of pop music and doing like slow radio mm. stuff. And with uh, with who do you work together as a producer? Always different. When I started, I started alone. I did a lot of stuff just by myself. Mm-hmm. I was doing small remixes and wasn't really getting anywhere. Um, then I started learning about the music business and realizing that, like, I mean, it's a rare case you can make it alone, you know? Mm. A lot of these producers that work with you are signed to big labels that they have the connections. So I started producing with a DJ duo, David Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him? Yeah, sure. Um, started working with, I was young, I was picked up by him. He basically came to me and said, oh, you want to go work at Club Q with me? Um, Calvin Harris is coming this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, cool, yeah, I played at Smoking Lounge of the of Club Q. Yeah. And then he was producing with another guy, Tobias. And we started working together in productions, but we came, we came up with a DJ duo called David Jimenez and Gil Glaze. Okay. And then I, yeah, then we split up, uh, had a little war or whatever, usual drama Um, then I went to Syrup Music where I met EDX Mm -hmm. I met him in a little club in Zurich in Hilltop Club actually I was playing a Thursday night event there EDX was there he's like I love your music let's go let's talk he's like I'd love to sign you to Syrup Music like Mm -hmm. I'd love to work with you guys like he he saw something in me that like for the first time I was I I felt like I was getting support Um, I was inspired by him since ages um, because he's he's one of the few guys in Switzerland who really made it you know I mean, there's a few. There's Adriatic. There's internationally. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like yeah, sure. There's DJ Antoine and Remedy, but I'm <clears> saying <throat> the guys who are playing Ultra Music Festival in Coachella and yeah, stuff big. like that, the big festivals. Yeah. So with him, it was cool. Um, he introduced me to a couple like uh, producers at that time. Um, I started working together with Michel Lichinger. Mm-hmm. He worked with a lot of people in Zurich. Knew about the style that I was going towards. But when I say working together, I mean like not like the ghost production stuff. Yeah. Like we were sitting together in the studio. He had near, I think it was near Ruppersville or Richtersville, somewhere in that direction. Mm-hmm. And we'd sit together and he was like a musical freak, you know. And I was more the guy who wanted to travel, who wanted to play clubs and so on. So I would like come up with an idea, send it to him. He'd send me something back and it was just back and forth of productions or we'd sit together. Um, I went to school for production in New York for five years uh, at New York University. And there I learned songwriting, music theory, um, everything from ear training. No. Um, and I started meeting a lot of singers and songwriters there who I started collaborating with over there. No, nice. And then, um, yeah, then I worked with him for a few years and then went back to just doing it on my own uh, with a few tracks. And then again, went down, didn't have that much uh, vibe. And then I said, you know, for me, I can't sit in the studio alone. When I produce, I want to produce with a bunch of people. Like I, I love it looking at credits of songs on Spotify and seeing 10 people involved. Mm-hmm. Because I think it takes a team to make a song. Yeah, usually you know? it does, yeah. If you want to hit the big labels. It's, yeah. my, it's my own personal opinion. I say like, sure, of course, you can make it on your own. You can, if you can sing, songwrite, produce everything on your own, mm-hmm. like full respect to you. But um, unfortunately, in the music business these days, to get onto a lot of these big labels, you need a team. You know, yeah. and I built a team over the years and now where I'm at, I'm super happy. I work with someone in Amsterdam. Um, he's Redondo is his DJ name. Um, we always work together back and forth. Um, singers and songwriters. I work a lot in the US and the UK now lately. I've been mm-hmm. working with a lot of singers and songwriters. 
uh, I started getting into songwriting again. So I'm writing my own songs. Okay. Yeah. Always been on and off. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. But, but when you say a, bi a big team, how how did you get signed to, to Sony? Sony was a great store, actually. Um, so I, I got this whole hype with the chain smoker thing. Mm -hmm. um, I went on tour with them in Australia. And the funny thing is, I, I mean, I haven't even spoken to Sony about this, but I've been emailing them since years, since mm -hmm. I was 16 years old, sending them remixes of Sony songs I was doing, sending them productions. I never got a response once. I even applied for an internship there. <laughs> Didn't even get a response. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, okay, like that's no cho no chance for me. I'm going to stick to the labels that I'm signed to, these dance labels. I'm going to keep on putting out dance songs. I never, like I had a, a list of dreams that I've written down that I've wanted to do, but I never imagined Sony music. I said like, if someone would have come to me and said, do you want to sign to Sony music? I'm like, impossible, you know? Mm -hmm. And Sony was my dream label since a little kid. And I had this whole support from Chainsmokers. I did a remix for them, which hit 3 million streams on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, the first, so the first remix was rejected by them. Mm -hmm. Then we put it out for free on SoundCloud, got a big hype. Um, Sirius XM, the radio station in New York, or in the US, basically put it on rotation because we sent it to them. Hardwell put it in his radio show. Oh, a lot of people were picking it up. And then Chainsmokers came back, their team. Because how I met Chainsmokers was their manager managed a few other artists in New York. Um, and it, it basically someone from their team was always with them on sh on their shows and so on. I was playing in New York opening for, I think it was Young Bombs or Lost Kings. And this guy was always there, Ennis. And he was always like partying with me. Always like, man, sick opening set. Super happy, real cool guy. And then one day um, I had a manager at the time who was my manager. And he's like, you know, this guy also works with the Chainsmokers. So I was like, oh, wow, like that's, that's mm -hmm. huge. So I said, hey, uh, And is any chance I could uh, get an opportunity to remix for them? We did that remix, got rejected. Then he sent us another remix because we built a good hype off the first remix. And he said, okay, do this. And he, they signed it. They liked the track. Mm -hmm. Then um, everything was like evolving. You know, I started to... Uh, and you put the remix out on the Chainsmokers label? Yeah, yeah the, the second one. On Sony. Oh, on that Sony. Was Sony. But that was yeah. Sony US. It was Disruptor okay. Records, and which was their label. how was that they pay you they pay they, they buy you out from the no from i mean the remix or yeah how, they how paid us in advance yeah but that was it nothing we i i forget i forget what the deal was because i had a manager at the time who was doing that but it's like every remix deal basically you know you don't get publishing you don't get yeah, but uh, nothing uh. you don't get royalties but it, it, the main thing for me i would have i was mm -hmm. happy to do it because of the promotion i got yeah, from sure. it. you got chain smokers putting you out on social mm -hmm. media People picking you up, everyone's like, they take you more serious compared to putting a remix out for free. You yeah, know? Sure. And um, yeah, basically, yeah, then they went to Australia. They were going to Australia on tour. And my manager came to me one day. He's like, ah, let, let's try to get you on that tour. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, like dream on, impossible. Why would they take a little guy from Zurich? Yeah. Um, and I have an Australian passport. So he's like, no, I've got a deal. Like, you know, we just go to them and say, hey, we got this guy. He did the remix for you. Um, he's got an Australian passport, so you don't have to pay for visa. No. You don't have to do all the tax stuff with him. Yeah. It's an easy shot. Okay. And um, he just went to them and they said, yeah, let's do it. And like, I remember getting a call. I was on holiday in Asia or something like that. My manager's like, pack your bags. Like, we're going. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Oh, class. And how long yeah. was that tour? Um, three weeks or something. Okay. All around Australia. Class. Best. That was the best three weeks of my life. You like, played uh, like an hour. I played an hour and a half or so. Okay. Then there was another DJ after me, LDRU. He was a big pop music DJ there, or drum and bass, like mixed electronic. Yeah. 
and then chain smokers okay but i got to see like the full rock star life it yeah. wasn't a nightclub it wasn't yeah. where like you're in a club playing for people looking against the wall in the bar mm -hmm. this was like a bunch of young like teenagers yeah, yeah. just staring at you yeah. like eyes wide open it's crazy yeah it was a full other thing so yeah. i got to learn how to do a show that was like i felt like a rock star that mm -hmm. those few weeks also hanging out with chain smokers flying with them and going to the airport yeah being on the and they're the most down-to-earth guys like they won't go in their own little private chauffeur car they'll come in the bus with us okay. to the airport they'll go for dinner with us they'll have lunch with us like we're all one big family mm -hmm. that was cool then i did a guest mix for the radio show um did a vegas show with them and then they were coming to switzerland and they said hey we're playing at samsung hall do you want to come play with us mm -hmm. and then back to your question i was backstage hanging out in their changing room. And that's when I was finally friends with them because I made friends with them in Australia and mm -hmm. there we were backstage, we were drinking tequila or whatever. And they're like, oh, do you know this lady? And I was like, no, no clue. Oh, she's the head of Sony or she's head of electronic division at Sony Music Switzerland. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, well, nice to meet you. And they're like, oh yeah, why, why haven't you guys signed Guild to Sony? And she's like, good question. Let, oh. Let's go meet in the office this week. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. It was January 2018, I think. Yeah, January 2018. Mm -hmm. Went into the offices the next day, had a boardroom meeting with like four people from Sony. And I was like, I have no chance of getting signed. I have no music for them. Yeah. I have only Deep House music, which I was putting out in Syrup Music at the time because I was working with a guy, the Michel Luchinger guy. Um, it was totally not the style that they were looking for. But I was like, let's let's give it a shot. Sat with them. They were like, yep, yeah, we love your your project. We we see the success with you, but the music's not there. Sorry. No, it's a no from us. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay, cool. Like, understood. Like, I wasn't upset. I was like, okay, I, of course, I was devastated, to be honest. Yeah. I was like, oh, I had, one, I had one shot and we screwed it up, but, you know, that's life. Went on that year, I started producing pop music, which is more of what I feel. Mm -hmm. Like, I love pop music, like good music, melodic music that's on the radio. And then January 2019, just I was in my room one night. I said, you know what? Let's send an email. Let's try one more time. Have a meeting. Mm -hmm. Sent um, this lady, Marga, who was working at Sony, still is working today. She's basically helping me with everything now. I was like, here's a good song for me. Let me know what you think. And she's like, come into the office next week. Office, like this time five, six people. And this time the head of Sony Music Switzerland, uh, Julie Bourne, was mm -hmm. sitting there. And I was like, okay, now we're... And they they loved that track. They were yeah. like, "This is this is the perfect track." Now the the few songs you sent us, this was the style we're looking for. They said we see everything, but but they, it was like a rough meeting. It wasn't like your usual. Oh, we want to sign you. It was like yeah, yeah. they sat there like, but what can you like do? You know, like what mm -hmm. what what's different about you than any other guy who's sending us music here? And I was like, okay, look, I've already been in my head. I said I've already been rejected. This time I have nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, if if I leave here not having a deal. It's not the end of the world. Like I'm used to the the feeling of rejection from the last time. So I was super cocky. I just said, you know what, guys? Look, I'm not here to ask you guys for money. I'm not here to ask you for the best deal. I'm here to ask you to have a family mm -hmm. because I haven't had a family. I haven't had a team of people supporting me. I've always been in and out, in and out. I've had a manager. I've had a tour manager. I had a, I had a few interns. I've had a few. I, I run my record label, Breeze Records, by myself. I had someone come in for a few years, help me with that. But I've never had a family. I've never had people who can support me and sit there in a boardroom and have like ideas, what we can build, what we, mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? That's all I'm asking for. And I said, there's no Swiss DJ who's doing melodic deep house who's on the radio. You know, we don't have a Robin Schultz, Jonas Blue. No. 
You know, who do we have was on the radio? DJ Antoine and Remedy. And that's what I said in that meeting. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, but we have a few electronic DJs. And I was like, okay, but, but to be honest, I've never heard about them. You know, I said like, I think I can bring and you something. That? I forget. I forget. <laughs> I can't even remember the name. Okay. <laughs> but they, I mean, okay, of course, Sony has Calvin Harris. Yeah. Kygo, Chainsmokers. Yeah, yeah but. Um, Pink, Rag and Bone Man. They I have enough people. Swiss, Swiss guy. All, I mean, back in the days, DJ Antoine and Remedy, all these these guys were playing Hallenstadion. They yeah. were killing it. DJ Tatana, Danos, or Colin, mm -hmm. like Mike Candies. There was that whole scene. But I said, there's there's now time for a new generation of yeah. chain smokers, Marshmallow, Robin Schultz, these guys who can play radio events. You know, Energy Star Night at Hallenstadion. That's like a market for those people, the guys that can take over on the radio. And I said, that's the music I'm playing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to build me because I've already built my career to where I'm happy with it. Um, I play in America. Like I play in Asia. I have a tour. I do everything myself. Why not do something together? And I said, all I'm looking for is a family. If you're interested, you're interested. If not, no problem. Mm -hmm. And like our Julie Bourne was sitting there. She's like nodding her head. She's like, I, I like you. Yeah. yeah, but let's do it. She's like, but the contract will be in German, not English because we're not getting a... Uh -huh. A lawyer to do it in English. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, no problem. I speak yeah. German too. And I was like, okay. okay, thank you. And it was like, quick meeting. Yeah. They were like, let's do this. And now we've had like three, four successful releases with them. Now for the first, like, first time my music's playing on Swiss radio. Mm -hmm. Cool. Getting amazing support from Spotify playlists. And it's all for me. I always thankful for the chain smokers yeah. for that. And you're, you're happy with the support you get from, from Sony Music? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm over the moon. Like yeah. a, a few months ago before Corona They're like, yeah, come over for a meeting. And they had like a boardroom of like 10, 15 people. Everyone had their own job. Mm -hmm. One person sitting there from social media. One person sitting there from radio. One oh, person sitting nice, there huh? from PR. Every single person. I said, we've analyzed your statistics. We've, you know, every Friday I get an email. These are your statistics for this. This is this. Like, that's always what I wanted. Like someone told me, ah, you're not doing it right. You're not posting enough content on Instagram. Yep. And I've never had someone tell. And they were all direct. Yep. And it's all cool because it's people, young young generation of music industry people who are into the hip-hop scene who are into the pop scene who are into classical music you've got like the older person sitting there who's worked with everyone from sony you know mm -hmm. has experience like crazy yeah that's a dream huh it's to a dream for me to, to have, have a family yeah, that's what i've always a team wanted like that exactly and you don't have to to care about the those little things like posting on instagram yeah, or exactly, this or yeah. this or this you just can focus on your On your music exactly and that's what i've wanted yeah. to do that's what it's for perfect, years yeah. and i've been fighting non-stop in this scene you know mm. fighting with managers who wanted to control me like a puppet you know mm -hmm. fighting with working with bigger djs who never want you to be bigger than them you know yeah. like always pushing you down so here it's like nice to have a family who you know they win if i do something big and i win also you know mm -hmm. it's like a win-win situation and yeah, honestly cool. you know they'll say to me we don't like this track like mm -hmm. go back to the studio do something new i'm like okay cool okay You have to, yeah. yeah. Uh, but do they do they come with a specific vision for a, for a new? Track? No, that's what I no? love. They say okay. do your thing. Yeah. It's always like, hey, what do you guys want from me? Like, they're just like do your thing. Of course, they'll give me feedback, like yeah. Swiss Radio. So like, um, first track did super well. We hit a million streams. Had all Swiss Radio supporting it. Mm -hmm. Second track, I tried to go a bit more Chainsmoker style, a bit more like American pop style. And then they were saying, yeah, Swiss Radio doesn't like it. Oh, But the okay. French radio likes it, like Geneva, Lausanne. Oh, okay. All the Swiss French guys were playing it on the radio. Yeah. Then we put out another track addicted to the rhythm, and then they're like, "Oh no, this radio likes it, but this radio doesn't like it. This radio likes it, this one doesn't." Okay. The French stuff loves 
like all the stuff I'm putting out, but the Swiss side, they were saying we want more acoustic, more slow stuff. Oh, really? Which is true. If you listen to Swiss radio now, it's gotten much more slower in a way. I don't listen to the radio. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Same, but it's like, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, but I I see the... I Yeah, I go to the Swiss charts and yeah, stuff, exactly. to the big yeah. tracks with Spotify. And I think yeah, everything sounds a little bit alike. That's a problem, yeah. That's a really problem. But who who gives the direction, you know? For who, me or no no or from uh, the radio? I mean, for for the for the for for the music. I think it's always the the very the biggest guys exactly who gi who give the directions. Yeah. Who say, look, this is now the music. And the little guys go, yeah. Oh okay, this is the music, we do it like that. Yeah, exactly. Although, yeah. And now uh, when I go through the top one hundred best yeah. Switzerland charts on Spotify. Yeah, everything sounds the same and it's always a little piano intro like exactly, Dance yeah. Monkey yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah music's changed a lot in Switzerland. Yeah, it's I it's mean, very difficult to to keep up with the with the hype also, exactly, no? As yeah. a producer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You hear a big thing like Dance Monkey yeah. and you think, "Oh, maybe should I I should do something like that." But never. Yeah. But in the next two months it's already over. Exactly, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 difficult to say. You know, Sony's told me like make music for TikTok now. Yeah. You know, try that's that's the thing that's everyone all these songs yeah, are blowing up on yeah, TikTok. Yeah. But I'm saying I I'm not going to do that because I want to still keep on pushing my own music. Yeah. But I do understand that I have to kind of listen to Swiss radio to like to their feedback, you know. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to mix something to make I guess my music was going too American. Okay. Yeah, but when Which they say they, like, do something for TikTok you have to put the lyrics in now go left now yeah go exactly right. it's something like a song yeah yeah but, but i said that'll come with time like a lot of songs that are natural you know if they're good i think they'll go I, on tiktok yeah i think so too like calvin harris and martin garrix people like that they've had songs on tiktok mm -hmm. the dj regard you know that song ride it yeah he big on tiktok also and how about uh they give you notes on the the length of the of the songs no too? never they've no? never said anything not about the the intro or stuff. No, it's always been three minutes or so, two or three minutes. Okay, That's I guess because I'm always, I I'm very picky on that. I'm always like it's either too long or too short, so I'm always doing it yeah, the right it, amount. Yeah, it always depends on the song, yeah. I guess. Yeah, exactly. But if I came with a five minute song, I'm sure they'd say yo, make it yeah. like shorter or something. Yeah, but do you do your own extended um, no, mixes really. for for your DJ set? No, I'll have a lot of DJs do like remixes for it. Uh -huh, and then okay. I'll have them send like an extended remix edit. Uh -huh, okay. Um, my first song, Vertigo, we did a remix package, which we released um, everywhere. The second song, Wasted, uh, we didn't do anything with that because I was like, it's such a beautiful song of itself. Mm -hmm. um, I worked with DJ Swivel on that. And he's produced for like Chainsmokers, did some stuff with Jay-Z, Beyonce, Coldplay. No. So I was like, I can't touch a song like that. I can't do any remixes. You know, I want, it's not a song that I'll play in a club. Mm-hmm. But let's see what what happens, you know, Spotify playlists and radios and so on. Then I had Addicted to the Rhythm now, which was my last song. And there we made an extended mix because it's 120 or 123 or something like that. What? Yeah. Nume? Yeah. 120? Yeah, 120. It's a whole song? Yeah, like a, like 120 BPM. Aha, I meant 1 minute 20. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. That'd be legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was 120 BPM and... Um, uh -huh. Yeah, and it worked. So, like, we yeah, made yeah. a little extended mix intro okay. into that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm always I'm always glad when uh, the radio versions you have the the chance to to loop something exactly yeah in the in the beginning yeah. or in the end yeah I'm always glad yeah and then during Corona time now I started going back into the studio myself mm -hmm. collaborating with other artists um, beginning of Corona time I was saying like hey I put on Instagram any DJs want to collaborate mm -hmm. had a few people contact me and then I worked with a guy called Josh Charm um, he's based in I think Hague or I don't know. So that, Hague. Yes, Hague, yeah, something like Buchstedt that. Dahina. Exact. Yeah. Um, and we worked on a track and some, sent it to Stamped, to Martin Garrix's label. We got it signed there. Mm -hmm. I have a track coming out in a few weeks on Spinning Records, and that's more club music. Okay. Because I think as a DJ, but, you have to balance it. Yeah, but you're not exclusive in that way I to Sony. I am exclusive to Sony, but they gave me, when we were like doing all the contract stuff, I said the main thing for me as a DJ is I still have to stay relevant in the club world. Yep. I still have to get the support from DJs. Um, I still have to have my tracks be able to play in the club. So give me, I think it was like two to three tracks a year uh -huh. to put out on club labels. Okay. okay. So we put one track on Stamp now. We put one track on um, Spinning, which mm -hmm. is coming out in July, which was a dream for me to put it out uh, on that label. Um, we're talking to Sam Feld to do a track on his label. Um, yeah. yeah, it's Just like a few like cool Deep House club tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm happy to do. Yeah, and that's so. lucky to quarantine time that I had the time to do it again. Because yeah. I, I would have been traveling nonstop. So this was a time where I said, now I have time to do club tracks. Yeah. Because But we have enough radio stuff out. You live in Zurich? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I have a studio in my apartment. So oh, nice. in the basement. Okay. Yeah. Oh, easy. Huh? Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, just the, yeah, the home studio, you can do everything. Exactly. There, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, and you work with the, with what program? Um, always mixed, but now more Logic. Okay. This year I've only worked with Logic. I used to work with Ableton. Mm -hmm. um, Pro Tools we learned a lot in school, but that was more for like vocal for processing recording. and recording. Ableton I did a lot of club tracks, but now I've just stuck with Logic. Okay. Yeah. And it's good. I've, I've never had time to finish my studio because I just moved into this apartment a year ago. Mm -hmm. So now during quarantine time, I also got to fix up the whole studio and like add everything from pianos um upload like uh, upgrade all the plugins and you download bought everything the before before the virus yeah basically. okay yeah you're lucky huh? yeah exactly <laughs> so everything is taking was taking so long when you order something yeah exactly online yeah but no during the uh, quarantine i was ordering a lot before quarantine. oh okay because i said now i've got time like now yeah. i can see what's set up and everything yeah most stuff i had just in boxes sitting in the studio and i said yeah one day i'll unpack it when mm -hmm. i have time And now I finally got it finished. Now you're ready. I was finished. Everything was perfect. And then I got the call. Ah, you got to do live streams. Okay. So I hired a PR agent to work for me um, in the UK. who was a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, what are you going to do now that the DJ career like is basically done for the next few months? Mm -hmm. And I said, what are the options? You know, I'm going to stick to producing and just doing that. She's like, no, live streams. Everyone's doing that. Yeah. So now I like after finishing my studio, I had to switch a 360, <laughs> okay. turn it into a live stream yeah. studio with all cameras and everything. Yeah. And how many streams did you do? Oof, I think we did more than like 30 or 40. Oh, really? Like crazy amount. Because But the first live streams that were happening, I was like, no way. I'm mm -hmm. not doing this. This is not my thing. Yeah. I'm not going to stand in front of a a phone. And like, I was, look, I was looking at a lot of DJs in Zurich yeah. and worldwide doing streams. And I was like, man, like the audio quality is terrible. Yeah. You're standing there so awkward. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. embarrassing in a way. And then I was like, yeah, I think I have to because mm -hmm. I'm irrelevant. For like two weeks, I wasn't posting on Instagram because I had no photos to post. Mm -hmm. I had nothing to promote. I had two tracks which were coming out, but it was only the same stuff, content that was coming out. Like, hey, I yeah. got a new track, listen to it. Yeah. 
I said, okay, I'm going to do it, but I will not do it on my own Instagram. Mm-hmm. I will only do it for like companies. And then I had like cool oh. opportunities. I had like a thousand one track lists, mm-hmm. stamped records. Um, who else? A small world, you know, that mm-hmm. community yeah. in Switzerland. Um, uh, Empo in aid of UNICEF in Mexico. Electro side in Canada. I had all these like blogs. We rave you. Mm-hmm. Um, some big like blogs and so on doing oh. live streams. And it was uh, like I got a good feedback. I got new followers from that. It was good, but it was also real awkward. How long did you play? Always one hour. Oh, okay. But then I really, okay. like, I learned a lot during yeah. the quarantine time. I learned, I became a video producer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, every DJ became every, yeah. a video producer. For the producer. first time, I downloaded, um, was it uh, Premiere Pro? Mm-hmm. Bought a few GoPros, hooked them up all together, mm-hmm. filmed production, post-production, put it online you know ah you did it that way sometimes because the problem that i I, like i had a big issue with the whole audio quality because it's impossible to do a live stream with the music you know yeah i figured it out there is a way that you can go through your phone with a plug yeah it's yeah but with the road uh we has the things oh the road mic no 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 not the road interface Uh, another shitty thing i have i I had that yeah I, i was trying everything out and yeah. did the rig ah did the rig something it was not working yeah. it was close yeah, yeah. exactly. and then I I worked to live stream with the OBS exactly that's what I did and I hooked my little mixer up yeah. with USB ah, that's to, the, to the Mac yeah. and it was working perfectly yeah but the problem is a lot of the GoPro cameras don't go live you know? oh and to have four different camera angles to go live is hard. That's hard. I I have four cameras, yeah. but I couldn't use them because I just had one USB cable for ah, the exactly, camera. Yeah, yeah so, and that's the thing. I, I could look online and you can do live streaming with GoPro, yeah, yeah. but you need interface, you need yeah, four yeah, different okay, cables, no. you need this. And yeah. I was like, uh, oh, there's yeah. no shops open. There's yeah. nothing. Online shops were taking ages to yeah. deliver and I've got to live yeah, stream was, tomorrow. Yeah, that was my problem too. Yeah. So I figured everything out I brought my cable, Richter, yeah, exactly, yeah, same. Everything yeah. up, and yeah. I figured everything out yeah. I was with the things all, I have here. Exactly, yeah. I was calling all my production friends, Tony yeah. Mola at Black Frame, and all these guys. I was like, "Man, what do I do? What do I do?" They're like, "Yeah, kill, work it out." Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody there's had no the shops same problem. open. There's yeah. nothing. They're like, "Yeah, we can l- lend you a cable." I was like, yeah. "Okay, I'll be there in ten minutes." Mm-hmm. And then I said, "Okay, look, I'm I'm working too hard. I spent hours and hours trying to work this out. Easiest solution." produce it and put it on OBS. Yeah, that's true. But then I also wanted to interact with people, which I found that I lost with that. So then I did a lot, I did a lot live. I did a lot live where the audio yeah. quality was terrible. Like I got a lot okay. of comments saying, ah, oh, the music was terrible. The quality was so bad. The bass was too loud. Yeah. But I was like, I wanted to interact. I wanted, I had a microphone. So for like some live streams, I'd be like, hey, what's up, uh, Kevin? What's up, Thomas? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, full. Um, yeah. welcome to the live stream. Like, what do you guys want me to play? Like suggestions yeah. and stuff like that yeah I so that's where it was fun yeah like, it's it's fun to interact with the people i just did two live yeah. streams and the good thing about the production stuff is i filmed i think in one day i filmed six live streams oh, it took like six hours to film yeah. another six hours to produce like full on because then i was like yo like i, I can't keep on doing every day a different yeah. live stream let me prepare a bunch change yeah. my outfits yeah, yeah, like full. six times <laughs> Did my hair yeah, differently six times? Slow, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it, I felt like a savage, like yeah. scumbag for that move. But yeah. I was like, man, it's the only way. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling sick also. Yeah. 
So I was like, Ooh, I think Corona's coming. Like, I think I might have Corona. Uh oh. And I had Corona for two weeks. Oh, really? You yeah. had it? Totally out in the bed. Because of the cable you brought from No, no, no. From some, <laughs> for, uh, it's a funny story, actually, how I got it. But um, yeah, and I was like, okay, now when I'm going to be sick in bed, I can't be two weeks away when I promise people I'm doing live streams for yeah. them. So it's the funniest thing. I'm laying in bed totally sick with my laptop, like uh, going through OBS. Yeah. Uh, live streaming but people yeah, didn't yeah. actually know i'm in bed like totally yeah. ah, no i came back from argentina mm -hmm. when i went on holiday with my girlfriend and um i came back arrived in zurich and everything was like a zombie land mm -hmm. here everything hand sanitizer uh, face masks everyone panicking all the festivals were canceled all the clubs were mm -hmm. closed and i was like ah you all are exaggerating it's all a conspiracy theory like i was one of those guys okay. at the beginning like ah it's just the flu you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical idiot uh, Gil, you know, I went to St. Moritz, to King's Club. They're like, oh, be careful. And I stayed in the Palace Hotel because mm -hmm. the club put me up there, mm -hmm. brought a friend with me and both of us, we didn't care. You know, we went to the bar, all the Italians there, handshaking them. Oh, okay. We're in the spa, sitting in the sauna with 10 guys. Yep. We went to the club and they're like, oh, there was an Italian DJ before, better use hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, nah, forget about that. Okay. Did that, went back to Zurich, had a, a full day planned of like a video shoot, photo shoot, because I was that guy. I was like, oh, now that quarantine time's coming, mm -hmm. I'm going to make my schedule busy with things I've never had time to do. You know, I've never got new headshots. I never had new visuals made. I never had, yeah, I did a bunch of stuff. So I was like, here's my schedule. Monday, I'm going to be bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Monday morning, uh-oh, you know, uh -oh. feeling sick. Monday afternoon, uh-oh, feeling sick again. Like, this is not good, but I was like, it's not corona, it's not corona, so I'm still going to go out. I'm still mm -hmm. keep my distance, obviously, yeah. be smart about it because we don't know for sure. The next day I went home, did all these live streams, then Wednesday, bam, out. Oh, shit. And then two weeks out in bed. Yeah. Yeah. And you had... Yeah. You went to the doctor to get No, tested. I had everything. I had the, no taste, no smell. And this oh, the best okay. part about this is this was when Zurich was totally silent. Mm -hmm. This is when we were in full quarantine. Yeah. Like no one was on the street. No yeah. one was running. No one was biking. Like it was the first two weeks when it was like, that was the best time to have yeah. it. And I remember I, I, it was the second week and I had the breathing problems. Mm -hmm. um, no taste, no smell, super high fever. Uh, I'd come out of the shower like shaking oh, and I called the spital, uni spital. I was like, yeah, 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 I think there's something wrong. I have Corona. Can I come in for a test? Like, mm -hmm. no, we don't have enough tests. Oh, sure. I, see. I was like, okay, but can I come in? I think I need a ventilator because yeah. I was panicking. I was reading online. I had stupid, yeah. typical <laughs> Google guy, you know, goes on Google yeah, yeah. and says, uh, can a young person die from Corona? Yeah. Google and then says, it says, yes. yes, a few cases in Asia, yeah. a few cases in Europe. <laughs> the 20 year old guy dies in London. I was like, okay, here we go. They're like, can I have a ventilator? But all they were asking is, what's your full name? What's your address? What's your mm -hmm. phone number? What's your email? Who are you living with? What's their phone number? What's their okay. email? What's their address? Who You're are living you living alone? I live, well, I live alone, but my girlfriend's here because she studies in Germany. Yeah. And then uh, quarantine happened. So she stayed in Switzerland okay. the whole time. She got it too. Yeah, she got it. All my okay. friends got it. Yeah. We like, because my friends who went with me the same Ritz also got it. Yeah, sure. Um, I stayed at home the whole time, didn't leave. Mm -hmm. um, my friends, but my, everyone got different. My girlfriend got it for three days. My oh. best friend who was with me got it for two days. Okay. Uh, other friends got it for five days. I was the longest two weeks for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, two. It was funny. I, I technically say it was three weeks. But yeah, the hospital wouldn't take me. I said, I cannot breathe. And they're like, nope, sorry. Oh, cross. They said, sit it out of you. I'm happy they said that because yeah. I, in the end, I realized I didn't need it. Yeah. Third week, I went up to the mountains to like recover i thought i was perfect then but now looking back i realized like even then i was still sick mm -hmm. 
I was waking up at 12 o'clock, going to the sofa, sleeping until five, went back to the bed and slept until the next day. Oh, cross. Yeah. And meanwhile, I was live streaming. Yeah. Oh, That's the best yeah. thing. People are, what time are you live streaming yeah. tonight? I'm like, 6 p.m. and tune yeah, yeah. in. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, but you suppose... But that was yeah. lucky that I did that. Yeah, for all. Because I kept current during that time. Yeah. So. Yeah, stimmt. Yeah, it was hard during that time. Yeah, very. Yeah. But it was a perfect time to have it. Like, I'm happy I had it then instead of now. Yeah, for all. Yeah, now it's the... And I can get one of those t-shirts saying I'm a survivor. Yeah, for all. <laughs> Corona survivor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been gespannt. Yeah. What, what's, what's happening in the next uh, f three weeks? Yeah, exactly. If it's... Yeah, goes well, up yeah, again or the protests all the black lives matters protests yeah the protests and the clubs and opening the clubs now opening, this, yeah. this weekend i'm surprised the numbers are still going down yeah yeah, yeah we'll see i hope yeah. it's i hope it's over yeah exact for switzerland uh, yeah let's see the world but yeah america it's still very very bad yeah exact that's why i'm saying for now i'm, I'm not djing anything at the moment yeah you know i can do financially good with the productions mm -hmm. and um focus just on that at the moment no i may do a few little small gigs but i'm not gonna the problem is my issue is a lot of my fans are american and asian like in the communities mm -hmm. so i can't really go on instagram and be like i'm playing at uh this open air festival in zurich or a little show in a club in zurich and then all of them are meanwhile sitting at home quarantined mm -hmm. you know even though at, at new york they're opening up and so on but oh sure Clubs are still not open, so it's like I find it's not the right time yet for me to DJ. Yeah, focus more on production, and then I think in the next months, when the world, when everything is more relaxed, then I'm going to start. Mm -hmm. Could be two, three weeks, or even know, a week. But let me, I'm still yeah, waiting. It's, it's also difficult to plan to plan a tour in exactly, the fall or something. It's yeah, it's, it's and everything. the worst thing it's is my unsure. visa, my American visa is out now. Uh -huh. In July it ends or so. Oh, you have an artist. I have visa. an artist visa, exactly. And it ends. It ends in July now. That's the issue. For how long? I had Is it for three years. Three years. Now then I've you renewed have to it. Renew it. I've done it, but the embassy's not open because we're Europeans aren't allowed into America yet. Ah, uh, so echt? that's the thing, and I can't even go to the embassy because the embassy is oh, not open nah. for that. You know. Seriously. It's not it, open for that. They're only it. open for like emergency passport situations oh. with Americans. Oh, so geez. my whole DJ career right now is on hold. You know. This, oh. Because even when the clubs open in America, yeah. I still have to organize this. So I've done 50% of the paperwork. Yeah. I have to go to the embassy. So the second it opens, I go there. Then I have to go to America and finish the paperwork there. And oh, shit. It's a whole process. That's why it's like one thing is the corona time, but it's also like this is the worst time to have to get mm. a new visa. Yeah, for all. And because they put everyone on hold. Yeah. So you imagine how long the wait is going to be for like, I think they've had it one month or two months now. Yeah. So where they put everything on hold. So now the second embassy opens, even to get an appointment, I think will be impossible. Oh, scheisse. And it's um, to get the money in the States when you play a gig. Is yeah. it difficult? Because here it's no, easy. It's, it's, I, I do, say, they, do they give out checks? Yeah, they give, that's why it's easier in America than in Switzerland, I say. Oh, in really? Europe, yeah. Because think in Europe, yeah, I'm sure you know how it is chasing clubs for money. and Yeah. With all GmbH and uh, Selbstständig and uh, yeah, yeah. there, but in America it's like you finish your show and mm -hmm. you've got a check in the hand. Okay. So it's my, I find it's much easier. You go to the ATM, put the check. Exactly. In, right? You go and put it in there, and then I have to pay American income tax. Ah. Uh -huh. Okay. That's complicated. Sure. That's a whole other story. Oh, I see. 
you have yeah. to no but can you do this as a private person in america yeah, yeah private i have no company in america oh, no, either. no okay just privately okay and it works so and how's the money at your gigs in america they pay very well so the best they pay is in asia for me uh-huh. america very well yeah that's switzerland is switzerland i guess we're talking for stelligi numbers huh um in america yeah okay yeah good, huh? yeah very good america yeah. asia also but in switzerland, switzerland you get 600 bucks yeah between it's always different 600 to 2500 mm-hmm. always different depends where yeah for like uh but you can make a easy cool living yeah i mean i also have my own record label here i think which is where i make the most money in switzerland from that oh really yeah so and i have my record label since years and that's where i like discover new artists um have them release on their label uh build them up and so on mm-hmm. and you get the money from from the streams and from exact the streams um we're starting to kind of slowly do publishing deals with some artists mm-hmm. um we did some bookings for a while for some artists uh, working now with a few techno DJs, building them up, and yeah. Oh, nice. How, how many releases do you do a year? Oof, I think now we're at 62 oh, close. release, but we've done it over the years. I think every month we have one to two releases. Mm-hmm. And during quarantine time, I had more time to really yeah. focus on building it and graphic, building up the graphic designs mm-hmm. and kind of changing our sound. You do this all by yourself? Everything you? by myself, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. We have a distribution in Germany we work with, Contour. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just basically me and them. Ah, good. So I do all the legal work, all the artwork, uh, videos, mm-hmm. everything. Ah, krasse. I used to work with a college friend of mine from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to come to Switzerland like once a month and we'd work on Breeze Records together and do a lot of, um, we started building some artists, like doing productions with them. Um, and yeah, then yeah, he stayed, he ended up just working in New York and I helped him. Uh, connect to Syrup Music, so now he's working with them, and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did you work with uh, Chris Reese also? Um, not personally. Mm-hmm. I signed a few tracks of mine to him because mm-hmm. he has no definition, enormous tunes and enormous chills. You know. So I put a few tracks on enormous chills and no definition. So he helped me build up my club releases, mm-hmm. and I did a collaboration with him once. It was a song called Funk House. It was one of the tracks that he produced and. I added my twist onto it, and then he had this Antonio Jaca remix. Okay. Yeah, he's a cool dude. They're real talented. Yeah. Like one of the best producers I know. Yeah, full. He's a Think machine. Of stuff. He's, yeah, he's a machine, and he makes tracks in like a few hours. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, also the, the Syrup gang with Edex. Exactly, uh, yeah. It's a machine, or Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and now I have to get you out of here. We already did our time. Yeah. So, and, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's difficult to yeah to say what's what's going on, but I, I think it's it's going away in the next. I mean, few I, months. People were asking me a few weeks ago, when is this all going like to stop, and when yeah. are you going to start DJing? Yeah, I was telling people February twenty twenty one. March. That's what I thought, but now I'm looking at the streets. It seems like uh, everyone's going clubbing. People don't care to touch each other. Yeah, because my issue was I thought people are going to stay away from each other because they're trained after the two months to be like nope. distance. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> Abstand halten, you know. No. Now I see videos of people yep. clubbing and hanging mm-hmm. out together on the lake. Yeah, and, and now we will see in the next three, four weeks how yeah. how it's going. And when nothing is going to happen, we're back to normal. Exactly, I think. Yeah. And yeah, 
all yeah. good, oder? Yeah, hopefully. And I wish you all the best with yeah, your thank you for with me. your music and the for gigs sure. and everything. Yeah, hopefully we play the show together. Hope when I'm in Vegas, you can make a, a table for me. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> so I we'll can finally a have a, a bottle in the yeah in the Las Vegas exactly. club. Exactly, <laughs> little vodka. We'll have a late night yeah, casino. Yeah. yeah, gonna be fun. Exactly. All right, thank you so Perfect. much for visiting. Thank you for having me. All the best, girl. Thank you. And uh, bis bald. Yeah, for sure. Ciao. Perfect. Very good. So, fertig. Sind's fertig, schnarre die dumme Hure DJ. Der Mensch ist auch so ein Hure, dumme Hure Brali. Du, auch wenn du den Blausch gehabt hast, kannst du ja nächstes Mal wieder hören. Du hast gerade mal schnell abonnieren den Podcast. Und auf iTunes kannst du im Fall, kannst du im Fall fünf Sternchen geben. Fünf Sterne musst du geben und kannst noch eine Rezession schreiben, gell? Also, schöne Hände, ich dich so, gell? Tschüss.